What's up, shitheads? Welcome back. Today, we are going to be covering part one of day four trial coverage for the Josh Duggar trial. That means that this episode is going to be covering from the time that trial started until the lunch break. And you already know I have to put in my disclaimer, so here we go. This is not going to be a 100% word-for-word accurate representation of every single thing that was said and done in the courtroom, but rather me reading to you guys directly from my notes that I took to the best of my ability while I was attending the trial. Let's go. in the morning, we get the all rise for the judge and the jury to enter the courtroom. Judge Brooks tells the jury that there was an evidence issue since 8 a.m. this morning, so we are getting a late start, and that the government is still doing evidence from yesterday, and we are picking up where we left off. The prosecution calls Clint Bram to the witness stand, and he is going to be questioned by Dustin Roberts. What is your current employment? I'm a technical expert at Walmart working in cybersecurity. How do you know Josh Duggar? We were both into media and we were both homeschooled. So you're friends. We're close acquaintances. What was y'all's usual topic of conversation? Technology stuff and politics. Was the defendant usually lost when y'all were discussing technology? No, not at all. How would you describe his knowledge of technology? I would describe him as a power user, above average knowledge. A power user? Could they install their own computer? Yes, even build their own computer. Are you familiar with internet filtration services? Generally, yes, in a corporate context. If you're at work and you try to visit sites, you would get blocked. And he goes into detail about this. Would Covenant Eyes be a form of internet filtration services? Yes. What conversation did you have with the defendant on internet filtration services? I was interested in figuring out ways to stop people from getting around it because we used it as well. And then he goes into detail about secondary operating systems. Secondary operating systems? Yes. How did Josh react to this conversation? He seemed disinterested. I don't know why, but the topic was how to stop people from getting around it. Did he like having covenant eyes on every device? For simple users, most do that. But you told him it was easy to get around it by having a secondary operating system. Yes, or by not putting it on a computer or a device. Was he disinterested in the conversation or did he not understand the conversation? He was not interested. He thought covenant eyes was good enough. And I'm paraphrasing. Pass the witness, your honor. And now the defense will be questioning the witness. Does covenant eyes work on a network system? No. So you need stuff on a router level to filter. Yes. What was the time frame of this conversation? 2010 summer? 
Where were y'all when you had this conversation? A coffee shop in Springdale. It was towards the end of the campaign. We were both working on Jim Holt's campaign together. Was this conversation just between the two of you? No, Jim Holt was there too. Were you there the whole time technology was being discussed? Yes, and Jim Holt was there for some of it. He's a long-term friend of mine, and it was during his Senate campaign. Did you and Josh Duggar help him with that? Yes, we both did. Did you spend a lot of time together? Yes, I did more than Josh on the campaign, but yes. At a corporate level, where do you work? Walmart, but we've also used it at the church. Did you help install that system? No, it was already on there. You and Josh Duggar were discussing potential ways around it? Yes. Is it possible that Josh Duggar didn't understand what you were saying? No, more like he was not understanding the importance of ways around it. You were talking about this in 2010. Did you use Covenant Eyes? No, we weren't, but we had in the past. Did you know what Josh Duggar had? Yes, Covenant Eyes. How did you know that? He told me in that conversation. In 2010, did the subject of a Linux partition come up? It came up as part of that conversation. Linux was discussed as a way it could be used to get around it. Your current job is in cybersecurity. That's a technical job? Yes. You say power user. Can they write codes? No, not all of them. Can Josh Duggar write command lines or write codes? The two are very different. He goes into trying to explain it, but Galfan cuts him off. But has he told you he can write command lines or command codes? I wouldn't be surprised. Has he told you he can write command lines or code? No. Any device without covenant eyes is not protected. And I missed the answer exactly, but it was along the lines of yes, unless you have something else on the computer. You have to install it, right? Yes. You have to want it on there. Yes. Pass the witness. So now Dustin Roberts is back to asking the questions. Were you the technology guy in your family? Yes. Was Josh Duggar the technology guy in his family? Yes. Can you finish your statement on command lines? He explains and says most power users have done code. You can simply Google it and then copy and paste the code. And in your experience, you consider Josh Duggar to be a power user. Yes. Pass the witness, Your Honor. So now Galfand will be asking the witness the questions. Entering command lines would be like to install something. It could be, and they discuss copying and pasting command lines again. You're saying to install something that someone has already created. Yes. How do you find that information? There's a variety of ways to find that information and a variety of information on how to get it. I'm paraphrasing. Can you just go to Google and just search for it? Yes. That's the easiest way to find and execute command lines? Correct. Pass the witness, Your Honor. Again, Dustin Roberts is asking the questions. If using to install, can you just go to an app store instead of using command lines? Yes. 
The witness is then excused. At 9.15 a.m., Jim Holt is then called as the next witness. He is sworn in and takes the witness stand. Clayman with the prosecution will be questioning Jim Holt. What do you do for a living, Mr. Holt? I have three businesses and I'm self-employed. Without giving your address, where do you currently live? Tawnytown. Are you married? Yes. Who is your wife? Bobby Holt. Do you have kids? Yes, 11. Are you familiar with Josh Duggar? Yes. How? He's a longtime family friend. Fair to say that you have known the Duggars a long time. Decades. I've known Jim Bob since the seventh grade. Did Josh Duggar work for you? Yes, on the campaign, but he wasn't paid, but he worked very hard. When was this? Oh four, oh six. His family helped the last time. He had his own family the last time I ran, so he couldn't do as much, but he did help. When you say campaign, you mean campaign for political office? Yes. Did y'all talk about Linux partitions? Yes, we did. When was that? 2010 during a fundraiser or something of a rally in Springdale. And then he discusses how he used to be in the army and work in technology, but it's nothing like what's in civilian world now. He then says that they were discussing the Linux partition, and he said that he had got something in the mail for that recently. They discussed how it works and how it's set up. I said that I'm not interested in that setup, and then Josh Duggar asked how to do it, and I walked away. Pass the witness, Your Honor, so now Galfand is going to be asking Jim Holt the questions. You testified that you have 11 children. Yes. I bet they keep you busy. Yes, sir. This conversation with Josh Duggar included Clint? Yes. It was just one conversation? Yes. This one conversation with just you and Josh Duggar, when was it? Sometime between January and March of 2010. You're time-stamping this conversation based on your campaign? Yes, but also on campaign, you remember conversations, but time is a blur. And then he goes on and he says something like, I don't know how old you are, but when you get to be my age, 10 years can blur together. But stick to the conversation that you're here to talk about. Okay. Campaign function, yes? Yes. So Clint brought up this conversation. Yes. And you said the conversation was mainly between Clint and Josh. Yes. And then there is a comment made about how nothing out there is not a slave to DOS and mentions the Linux partition. To be clear, it was 2010. Yes. Would you say that Clint is more tech-savvy than you and Josh? Me, yes. Josh, I don't know about Josh. And then they discuss how he quit talking to Josh in 2010. Josh volunteered on your campaign as a kid. Yes, he put up signs and gives some other tasks that Josh did on the campaign. What was Josh doing on your campaign at age 12? Putting up signs, helping with marketing, doing some graphics for my campaign. So grassroots politics? Uh, sure. So he was a kid. Well, he was 12 the first time I ran. Pass the witness. 
So we are now back to Clayman with the prosecution questioning Jim Holt. I want to make sure I heard you correctly. Did you say he did graphics? Yes, he said grassroots, but yes, he did make graphics. So you were close with the Duggars. Yes, I don't think you could be closer. We would come back from somewhere and see the Duggars before we saw some of our own family. He helped you edit commercials for your campaign? Yes, he did. Using a computer? Yes, sir. Any doubt in your mind that Josh Duggar asked about the Linux partition? Oh, no. Pass the witness, Your Honor. So now Galfan is back up there. Did he use a Mac or an HP computer? He used a Mac. It was easier to do graphics on a Mac. Pass the witness, Your Honor. Jim Holt is then excused from the witness stand, and at 9.30 a.m., the prosecution calls their next witness, which is Bobby Holt. Trigger warning that Bobby Holt's testimony is going to be discussing child sexual abuse. The female prosecutor, Carly Marshall, is going to be the one questioning Bobby Holt. Carly says, may I approach the witness, Your Honor? Yes. She hands the witness Courts Exhibit 3. Your Honor, may we approach? They then have a sidebar between counsel and Judge Brooks. Once that is over, Miss Holt, where do you live? In Tawnytown. How do you know Josh Duggar? He was born to friends of ours a long time ago. What friends? Jim Bob and Michelle Duggar. How long have y'all been friends? 30 plus years. Miss Holt, who is your husband? Jim Holt. Your husband and Jim Bob Duggar are friends? Yes, since the seventh grade. In the past 20 years, how would you explain your friendship? How did you meet the Duggars? I met them when Jim and I were dating. Do y'all have kids? Yes. Do Michelle and Jim Bob Duggar have kids? People in the courtroom audibly laughed. Yes, they have kids. She then says that their oldest started dating boyfriend-girlfriend with Josh Duggar. When was this? November 2002 formally. When was Josh Duggar born? March 3rd, 1988. You said they began formally dating in 2002? Yes, in November. How old was Josh Duggar then? 14. How old was your daughter then? 14. Did Jim Bob and Michelle call you to their house to discuss something, something important? Yes. Judge Brooks then addresses the jury and he says, You are about to hear evidence that the defendant may have committed offenses of molestation. Understand that he is not charged with these offenses. You may consider only if you unanimously find more likely than not that this witness's testimony is true by deciding if the evidence is believable. There is a lower standard of proof. If you find the witness's testimony not to be proved truthful, you must disregard it. If you find believable, give it the weight and value that you think it deserves and the tendency, if any, it shows as to the propensity of the defendant to commit these acts, 
and the defendant's intent. Remember, the defendant is only on trial for these offenses, not these previous allegations. Carly Marshall explains to Bobby Holt that there is a victim identification key in front of her and she should only refer to the victims by the key that they are addressed as. Tell the jury about the phone call in 2003. Objection, hearsay. It shows course of conduct. Sunday, March 30th, 2002. We were about to go to session and Jim Bob called my husband and said... We needed to come over to talk. They took us to their bedroom. Josh Duggar was on the floor. Jim Bob and Michelle dispersed, and I sat by Josh in a chair. It was you and your husband? Yes. Where did y'all go? Jim Bob's house. Who was in the room? Myself, my husband, Jim Bob, Michelle, and Josh Duggar. What did Josh Duggar tell you that day? that that evening he was having Bible time alone with Jane Doe 4, and he had Jane Doe 4 in his lap, and he touched her breast and bottom area. How old was Josh Duggar on March thirtieth, two 2002? 15. Where did he tell you that he touched Jane Doe number 4? Breast and bottom area. He touched her with what? His hands. When you say Private area, bottom area, what do you mean? Vagina. What did he say that he touched her with? His hands. What did he tell you? This was the first time? He said that he had been doing it off and on since he was 12 to Jane Doe 1, 2, and 3. Where did he say that he touched Jane Doe 1, 2, and 3? Breast and private area over and under the clothes. When did he say he did this? When they were sleeping. How long was this occurring? He was 15 when he told us, so three years. What were the ages of Jane Doe 1, 2, 3, and 4? Were they between 3 to 10 years younger than Josh Duggar? Yes. So if Josh Duggar was 15, one victim was only 5 years old. Yes, Jane Doe 4 was only 5. You stated that your daughter was girlfriend-boyfriend with Josh Duggar. Yes. Did you all expect that they would get married? Yes. Is that why you were called over to their house that night? Yes. Jim Bob said it was an emergency and we needed to know why their relationship was being called off. Where did Josh Duggar go after this? My husband said they needed to get him out of that house now. They then sent him to Little Rock. Did you see Josh Duggar again? Yes. Do you still love Josh Duggar? Yes. Were your families still close? Yes. Did you have another conversation with Josh Duggar about the events of March 30th, 2002? Yes, in 2005. Um, Josh came to Little Rock with us. He came over often in the evenings for dinner to talk, and we wanted to be his outlet if he wanted to talk about anything so he didn't have to keep things pinned up. One evening, my husband fell asleep, and Josh Duggar went into more details about what happened in 2002. What did he tell you? That he had actually went under Jane Doe 4's pantaloons and touched her vagina. I asked if he touched or went inside, and he said he did both. 
Is this why they called? Yes. What are pantaloons? They are added coverage for girls to wear over their underwear but under their dresses so that they can play. He told you he went under both? Yes. Pantaloons are like bike shorts. Yes, but they're loose. Just to be clear, that was in reference to Jane Doe number four? Yes. Tell me how you feel about being here today. Objection, relevance, credibility. I'll give you small leeway. And y'all, it was really sad because Bobby Holt is clearly very upset. She's got tears in her eyes. You can tell that it pains her to discuss this. So my heart goes out to her. Were you good friends with the Duggars? Yes. Do you love Josh? Yes. Is this something you want to talk about? And she puts her head down and shakes it no. The incident that you said Josh Duggar told you about in 2002, he was 15. The other minors were 10 years old or younger. Correct. Pass the witness, Your Honor. Gail Fand, with the defense, will now be questioning Bobby Holt. We are here to talk about allegations that happened at Wholesale Motors Company in 2019. You don't know anything about that? No. The events you testified about a couple weeks when you told the government about it, a defense investigator came to talk to you and you chose not to speak to them. That's not my motive. But you told him you wouldn't talk to him. Yes, I said I would pass. You testified about two conversations. Yes. My understanding is your daughter started dating Josh in 2002? Yes. In your culture, is that physical? No. They are actually chaperoned. Yes. And the idea y'all had was these kids would get married. This was talked about, yes. They were 14. When dating, yes. You talked about two conversations. Yes. One at Josh's parents' house? Yes. He was a kid. Yes, he was 15. 15 years old as a child. It's 15. Are you fighting me on that being a child? Nope, just 15. He told you about Jane Doe 1, 2, 3, and 4. Yes. And these actions occurred when he was 12 to 15? Yes. So 20 years ago, mathematically. Yes. The second conversation was in Little Rock? Yes. In 2005? Yes. When in 2005? Yes, between January and April. Is this big range because it's in connection to session? Yes. This is two years after your daughter broke up with Josh Duggar. She didn't break up with him. It was called off. You invited Josh to come stay in Little Rock. Yes. Second conversation, who was present? Me and my husband and Josh Duggar. Your husband was a legislator? Yes. And this was at your place in Little Rock? Yes. There wasn't just Josh there, but your kids? Yes. How many kids? Mm, at the time, seven to eight? Multiple daughters and sons? Yes. Josh Duggar then comes to his ex-girlfriend's mom to confess thoughts? He came to Jim Holt and myself when he needed to talk. 
He worked at the Capitol with Josh, and then after work, he would come eat at our house. Do you know anything personally about 2019? No. Well, a little. What you read, but you weren't there. No. Pass the witness, Your Honor. Carly Marshall with the prosecution will now resume questioning Bobby Holt. Miss Holt, is the government who reached out to you? Yes. Why didn't you speak to the defense investigators? I didn't have permission. Have you ever been approached to talk about this? Yes. Have you been offered a lot of money to talk about this before? Yes. It makes you scared and nervous. Yes. You can talk to anyone you want. You know that, right? Now I do. You are aware you are free to talk to anyone. Yes. Those conversations with Josh Duggar were a big event in your life, weren't they? Yes, you don't forget. They were a big part of our family. Bobby Holt is then excused as a witness. Counsel then approaches the bench to have a little sidebar and the prosecution rest their case. The defense then starts to put on their case. The defense calls their first witness, Michelle Bush. She is sworn in and states her name and how to spell it for the court reporter. For the record, this will be defense attorney Galfand questioning Michelle Bush. Where are you currently employed? Lore's Forensics, and I'm an owner of the firm. What does a forensic investigator do? We reconstruct and rebuild digital crime scenes. How long have you been doing this? Since 2011. And she states where she is licensed and in what? What's your education in? Psychology with an emphasis in criminal justice. Do you hold certifications specific to this area? The answer is yes, and she says that she has vendors that are software-specific, in-case, access data, Cellbrite, and I have a whole list of what she says she's certified in on the SojoFiles.com if you actually want to read it, but we're not going to go over all of that here. What do you have to do to get certified? Apply. If accepted, you get a test, and if you pass, then CCE gives you an exam and you have to pass that. And then you have to do other week-long trainings and tests. Why do you keep your certificates up to date? With CCE, you have to show that you understand how things exist today, since things are always rapidly changing. She then talks about how she's members of different groups. She's been an expert witness. She's a member of a group for forensic evidence. And again, you can reference my website if you want to get into the specifics on that. So the last one is a law enforcement one. Yes, 80% law enforcement officers, there's lawyers, and then they also have private businesses like me. What conferences have you gone to? In case, access data, continues on. Have you presented at conferences? Yes. How many forensic exams have you performed? 500-ish? How many devices have you examined? Thousands. Where do those examinations take place? can be made available in my office or at a law enforcement facility. Describe your office. It's modern, white desk, giant open space. I'll spare you the rest of that answer. Because basically she only talks about aesthetics instead of like fancy equipment that they have. How many of those 500 plus cases 
that you've done involve child pornography cases, more than 50%. Have you previously testified as an expert? Yes, 23 times. The court has ruled you an expert how many times? 23. The defense asked that Miss Bush be accepted as an expert witness. Judge Brooks explains this, and he tells the jury that an expert witness can state opinions, and you can give weight that you think those opinions deserve, same as last time he explained this. Approximately when did you get involved in this case? April 2021. Were you retained by the defense? Yes. During course of your work on this case, did you have the opportunity to review devices seized in this case? Yes, the computers and the phone. What is a forensic image? Tell the jury what you're looking at. A giant file we load to verify exact duplicate of the evidence. She goes into further detail. Were forensic images, you got identical copies of the items seized? Yes. Same as other cases you've done? Yes. In respect to the Mac, phone, and USB, were you provided images? Yes, the government sent them directly. What does that tell you? In child pornography cases, they didn't have anything on the device, or it would be illegal to send them to me. What parameters were set on you for making a forensic image of the HP computer? I had to go to their office to extract non-contraband data, and since child pornography limited you, you have to go and see them at their facility. How many days did you spend there reviewing the devices? Five. Did you have to sign an agreement? Yes, I had to sign the Adam Walsh contract, saying that I won't let child pornography leave the control of the government. Defense Exhibit 81. It's the Adam Walsh agreement signed 6-23-21. Miss Bush points out that this is the agreement that she signed. You took photos of this? Yes, since I'm not in my office, I took a picture on my phone. The image is displayed for the courtroom. What were you aware of about this agreement? That I won't take anything with child pornography, not putting it on the internet, just reviewing. Nothing else will happen with the child pornography. To state the obvious, you signed the contract? Yes. Could you hear the testimony of Agent Fattrell? Yes. Based on your review of the Mac, were you able to determine who it belongs to? Yes, Josh Duggar. The HP computer? Yes, consistent with Wholesale's Motor Company and Josh Duggar. What devices were personal devices? The Mac and the iPhone. What was a work device? The HP computer. Did you check to see if any child pornography was on the devices? Yes. What did you find? No evidence of child pornography. Would you have found it if there was? Yes, we call it a shotgun effect, so even if one piece is missing, others will show. When you say forensic artifacts, you mean what's taken from the device. Yes. So you don't control if it's there or not. Yes. So if something was deleted, there is proof of this. Yes, things that suggest it once existed. How long did Josh use the Mac computer? Five years. 
based on computer forensics? Yes. Tell the jury how you know this. By when it was formatted, when installed, Mac was created in 2014, the user was consistent until the date of the search warrant. Based on your examination, was the computer used before 2014? No, not used, manufactured. When you use the word partition, explain what you mean. Every computer needs an operating system. Windows will have additional HP or Dell. They have a recovery partition to restore and organize data. You testified that you did find partitions. Yes. What did you do to discover sides? Sector like book. So in this case, there was an 11 gigabyte and how much dedicated to it and what can be saved. How do you determine the size? You would decide the size of the partition. Why are you looking at the size? Because if using to store data, you would need space, so just looking to see how the user intended to use the system. Defense Exhibit 83. It's screenshots of forensic software from the HP computer, and it's moved in and received. So in reference to that exhibit, she says, that this is actual in-case software showing that I am looking at forensic evidence. Line item 004, this is the desktop. Is this info something that you typed or that in-case takes? I open and this came from the government's forensic image. If we look down, could you please tell us what total capacity means? The number of bytes on the hard drive, 11.3 gigs total size. Is this allocated and unallocated space? Yes. Difference in English, please? 8.8 gigs of 11.3 is already being used. In analyzing the Linux partition, there really wasn't a lot of user data, and Ubuntu takes up around 8 gigs on its own. Ubuntu? That's the operating system? Same as a Linux? Yes. And then she explains, left to save unallocated space. How big was the Linux in terms of saving space? 2.4 gig. Compared to the total, 1 terabyte, so it was less than 1%. How many movies, Hollywood movies, can I download with 2.4 gigs? None. It usually takes about 7 gigs, so it wouldn't save. Based on Homeland Security, when the Linux installed May 19th at 1.53 p.m., Defense Exhibit 52 screenshot of data for the HP computer it's admitted in. At this point, it's 10.40 a.m., so Judge Brooks instructs that it is time for our morning break. We take that super quick, come back. Remind us what Exhibit 52 is? A screenshot of the data from the Windows partition. How did you extract it? At the government's facility, only non-contraband evidence. What tool did you use to do this? In case version 21. Galfan directs attention to the left column on the screen for the exhibit under name. Context link files when a user double clicks. Link extensions, so left side is a file double-clicked and opened, so you can see that's not a file, but opened. So this is forensically available if you have the right tools. Yes. 
Explain what item path column refers to. Exact location I found this information, and she explains that. What is symbolic link column? What Windows is recording? What was being opened? File opened from an F drive, for example. We'll talk about that in a second. Direct your attention to Jeremy Mesh, I think. Text file. The file was created. Date file when user double clicks Windows wakes and it recorded May 13th, 2019 at 12.40. She confirms the file was opened from a thumb drive at 12.53. And at 12.54, was that when the file was opened? Yes. The name of the file is something like UK underscore C-A-R-D-I-F-F underscore F-I-N-A underscore background. Determined it was a PowerPoint file? Yes, you can tell that by the .ppx. What does this tell you? That someone physically mounted the USB to the computer. If look at symbolic link column, quiz 1, at 12.53 to 12.56, forensics say two Word documents and one PowerPoint file were opened. Yes, exactly. To be clear, we are looking at the F column? Yes. What, if any, observation did you make about this? Other files being opened, one by Windows, opened from computer itself, but lacks proof of Linux on the network, shared device. Based on your training, if this was not networked, would there be that number and letter? That's not a great question, but you know what I mean. Yes, for the operating system, D is for CD-ROM. Anything after that can be anything, but since there's no C, it's from the network. If not network, what do you expect to see? Objection, sidebar. I put a note that says on the screen you can see, and it looks like slash slash desktop.v25 slash slash user. So all the numbers and codes are on the exhibit. It's just a ton of letters and numbers. You use the term network. Explain the meaning. Communication of devices typically over a Wi-Fi connection through some sort of internet connection. So by network, you mean devices connected by a general hub. Exactly. Just showing devices nearby. HP, that desktop tells you network? Yes. It's the absence of the I column that tells you that. Exactly. Quiz 1 dot dot x. Were you able to determine if any of the three files, two Microsoft Word and one PowerPoint file, were ever opened on Josh Duggar's personal devices? I looked, but I didn't find anything. Would there be an artifact? Yes, just like there was for the HP. Example, quiz Mommy Amy King Duggar 2019. That's what I thought it said on that screen, but you know, my vision is not the best. So that's what you just showed as docx file. Exactly. Over the course of your forensic examination, did you view context of the thumb drive and SD cards? Yes. Were you able to determine if any were the thumb drive plugged in that day? Yes, I was able to exclude them as a match to the F drive. Now, just to be clear... They were never opened on Josh Duggar's computer or created. Yes, artifacts would be there if it existed and more artifacts, especially if it was created. Why more if created? 
It makes the computer work harder, so it creates a plethora of artifacts created over a period of time. Did the Linux have a user account? Yes. What was the purpose? To keep data for users essentially a folder way to organize the computer. How many users? Only one. Do you remember what it was called? Dell underscore one. Exhibit 30, page 2. It's the user login screen for the Ubuntu partition side. Note, it's funny, they say Dell underscore one is the default when it's clearly made on a Linux partition side of an HP computer. Note, the image is error on the screen where she tried to use an underscore to create the name, but I don't think that's exactly why it's pulling up the error message. To be clear, those were notes that I wrote to myself in my notes about what was going on. You're saying that you got this error message because of the underscore. Correct. Now, what is a Dell? Well, Dell is a manufacturer of desktops and laptop computers. Were any Dell devices seized in this case? No. What significance is it to you, this username? It's not consistent. It describes Dell and has an underscore, which seems like it's auto-generated. Are you aware that the computer seized had access to the internet? Yes. How do you know? In review, I could tell it had been on the network through a router. Defense Exhibit 25. It's a picture of the router on the window at the car lot. What is a router? Software hardware that provides internet service access points. The provider Ozark Go brings internet to a specific location? Yes. How can it access a router to connect? Either Ethernet or Wi-Fi. Explain Ethernet. It's a cable used to transmit data to a device. What do these wires in this pic look like? They look connected. Were you able to determine access? I was able to determine list of internet access. Were you able to review the router in this case? No, it wasn't provided to me. Do you usually look at routers? Yes, typically in these cases, I would examine the router. From forensic standpoint, why is this important? It's extremely important. It tells us what devices connected and how often and what devices caused the traffic. Do routers store information, volatile and non-volatile information? Do routers maintain logs? Yes. What is universal plug-and-play? Info exchange, home networks, it's computers seeing the printer or your TV or smart devices, but vulnerabilities because it assumes what is close is trusted. It automatically trusts devices in the area. Without a router, could you tell if universal plug-and-play was being used? Yes. How? It explains configurations and uTorrent was through that router, so plug-and-play was enabled and the router was vulnerable. Defense Exhibit 60, and it's the HP computer from both sides. Did you use forensic tools? Yes, I used two different tools to look at the uTorrent. Admit Exhibit 60. The left side is an access data registry key that gives information on the record setup, which was connected to the router. Are you following evidence in the computer? Yes. The right side form uTorrent side. Do you see four entries without universal plug and play? This means that UPnP external, and just so you can kind of see what I'm looking at up on the screen, 
underscore IP parentheses B close parentheses and to be basic square version of parentheses one five close square version of parentheses equals one six seven point two two four point one nine six point one one three UPNP dot external underscore TCP underscore port parentheses one close parentheses equals six three eight three five. She explains what all this means. UPNP was enabled when the uTorrent was installed. What does that mean? It means that it was really vulnerable, especially at a business, and need router to be able to see how it affected it. Have you ever seen UPNP enabled on any other device with uTorrent? No, so this really stood out to me. Does the Linux partition come with applications? Ubuntu comes pre-installed with the computer and pre-configured. So right out of the box, if a user wants to use Torrent, they just double-click? Yes. They don't have to install more. True, and I wanted to confirm it would be easy as opening it up, and she's explaining the pic that is being displayed to everyone in the courtroom. Did you make example of how you did that? Yes. They then want to put up a demonstrative for Exhibit 53. Objection. Not sure I understand what the relevance is. If you're only objecting for relevance, then it's overruled. To be clear, it's for demonstrative only. Judge Brooks then explains that sometimes witnesses are allowed to use demonstrative aids to aid the jury in understanding. The difference between evidence and demonstrative evidence is that this is just an aid and it will not be admitted into evidence, aka they're not going to have it back in the room for jury deliberations. She then starts putting on her live demonstration and basically she's still in the witness stand and she's got an electronic thing in front of her and everything she does is being displayed to everyone else in the courtroom. Not using actual evidence, I just made separate with the same operating system. Did you do anything to make it default? No, you can see it recognized. Were you able to tell if it was on an HP? That couldn't be determined. Were you able to tell if BitTorrent was used? uTorrent. Did you find on any other devices the MacBook to download the Hollywood film? To be clear, the Mac? Yes. Over the course of the investigation, these devices, specifically the HP, did they have Tor? Yes. HP? Yes. VLC? Yes. What are universal ways someone can download? Finding application from developer's website, application stores, or installing through command lines. Do you agree that an installer could have been used, but it wasn't? Yes. He then mentions looking for an installer folder. Does that leave you two possibilities, the app store or command lines? Yes. It's another app that gives a list to users. It's called SnapStore. So the user could not download from a store. Objection. Counsel approaches the bench. They then have a sidebar for a few minutes and Judge Brooks announces that we are going to break for lunch. This is at 12.05, which means that's a wrap for day four, part one trial coverage on the Josh Duggar trial. Day four, part two is coming up next.